0: Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham. And on today's episode, we have Marlene. Marlene's message to women is short and sweet, timeless and powerful. A vaginal birth after multiple C-sections is possible. And if you really want this, you will do whatever it takes to make that happen. Hmm. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Marlene. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hello.
0: Hello. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So wherever you would like to begin your story, please share.
0: Okay. So my name is Marlene. I'm 31 years old. I have four children. Um, They range from 13 to 10 months, two boys, two girls. And I live in Central California. I am studying like slowly to be a traditional midwife or birthkeeper, however, whatever term you want to use.
1: I'm
0: I'm doing it like the old-fashioned way, you know, just like self-educating myself. I, um, in hopes later on to find a mentor, or maybe I will do a course if I can't find a mentor, because I know it's hard nowadays to find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just give you a little bit of a background, because that kind of correlates with my first story and why I had my first C-section. Um, I have seven brothers and sisters. My parents they were on drugs like our whole life. And we got taken away from my parents when I was about six years old. And um, luckily, we got to live with my grandparents, all of us um, in Norwalk, California. Mm -hmm. And when I was about 16 years old, my parents came back into my life. I was like the last one because, you know, I'm the youngest. I was the last one at the house. And they were like, oh, you know, we're not on drugs anymore. We want to take you back, you know, we're going to try, you know, real hard or whatever. And so I trusted them because, you know, that was my dream. I wanted to live with my parents, you know, I I wanted a relationship with them and everything. So we moved about an hour away, like West Covina area. And um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any other family besides my parents out there. And so, I you know went to a new school about a year later my parents started on their drugs again and they weren't even trying to hide it they were doing it all in the house Mm -hmm. in the front room any room the bathroom leaving all their you know stuff everywhere and so I just didn't feel comfortable being home so I was out on the streets with my friends you know mostly at my boyfriend's house and that's how Mm -hmm. I ended up pregnant when I was 18 years old and Mm -hmm. I was programmed you know I never heard of a midwife I never heard of a home birth I was just programmed you go to to a clinic find an OBGYN for your prenatal care so that's what I did Mm -hmm. and um, my pregnancy was healthy I was young healthy nothing wrong with me or my baby you know um, no complications at all you know I just had my common morning sickness the first trimester and then towards the end um, my feet were super swollen like three times the size of my normal Mm -hmm. and I was so uncomfortable and my doctor seen that. So around 38 weeks, I had an appointment. He's like, Oh, you seem so uncomfortable. Um, do you wanna wouldn't you wanna have your baby on your due date? And I'm like, Yeah, that's you know, in my head, I was like, heck yeah, I want this baby out already. I'm mm-hmm. super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I agreed, I said yeah. And then he's like, Well, you wanna just let's schedule you for a C section? And I had no idea what I was getting myself into I didn't even know what a c-section was mm-hmm. I just agreed because I you know put all my trust in him I'm like he's the expert I know nothing about birth mm-hmm. um, so I went to the hospital and they prepped me for a c-section not even an induction a c-section uh, and so I know uh, now that I, uh, I'm just like, <laughs> so crazy now that I yeah. look back you know mm-hmm. and then so five years later Um, my second I got pregnant with my second and I knew I heard of the VBAC I knew I wanted to try for a VBAC because I just wanted to you know experience the natural way of giving birth Mm -hmm. and I moved back to Norwalk then and um I found a provider while well, it was my sister. She's older than me. She had a, a child. So I just used her provider because she said he was good. You know, I still never heard of a midwife or anything like that. I didn't educate myself. You know, I'm still just a sheep following the, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, the herd or whatever. And I, um, he said he was back supportive. And I was, again, my pregnancy was similar to my first. I was still young, you know, healthy. Everything was good. Um, I had a little bit of morning sickness in the first trimester. And my feet at the end, six weeks, was super swollen again. And, um, but this time I actually went into labor two weeks before. Uh, naturally, my water had broke. And um, I made the mistake of going straight to the hospital once my water broke. I didn't feel no contractions or anything.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: And so I went in and he let me labor for like 12 hours and I wasn't progressing. I was only like three centimeters after the 12 hours. I didn't really feel contractions, but I was, you know, hooked up to the belly monitor Mm -hmm. and they were showing that I I think it was the belly butter. They were showing that I was having contractions, but I didn't really feel them and so the doctor was like you know it's risk of infection we need to prep you for another c section my baby's heart rate was fine i was doing fine and i just trusted my provider again and just went and and because they kind of scared used a little scare tactics I don't remember exactly what but I know one of them was infection and this and that because your waters have been broken for 12 hours and Mm -hmm. whatever so I had another c-section and luckily um the two times the staff was you know wonderful they were so nice and everything I never I didn't have any rude nurses or doctors or anything but the second time the anesthesiologist was like an idiot. I don't know if he was new or what, but he kept poking me in my back like several times. It was taking forever Aww. for the for him to do the spinal tap. And I was feeling contractions, and I was already maybe like five, six six no I think I was only three centimeters but I started feeling the contractions more at the time mm-hmm. and so I was like is there another way like I can't sit still for this I, I mean like you what are you doing like why is it taking so long the first yeah. time it didn't take that long you know I'm yeah like it. <laughs> yeah so it's like well the only other way is general anesthesia and so I agreed to that and they put me to sleep like I you know I wasn't educated I didn't know how horrible that was for my baby and mm-hmm. everything And so I had another C-section, and I was asleep. I woke up, and I was in the recovery room. My husband had the baby, but he was super scared because she wasn't breathing at first, I guess, because of the anesthesia or whatever. They had to, like, take her out of the room real quick. But luckily, she didn't have to go to the NICU or anything, and, you know, he had her. And then I'd say six years later, I was already done. Like I didn't want any more kids, but yeah. my husband wanted another one. Mm. So I mean, he had to like convince me and beg me, and I was just like, I guess you know, because I don't <laughs> want. Those kids. And I hated being pregnant mm. and stuff. So
1: finally,
0: we six years later had another one, and. I was a little more educated. I'm Not very, just I knew the glucose test wasn't good. I knew ultrasound wasn't very good either, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, interviewed a few providers, and I did find a VBAC supportive. She was truly VBAC supportive. Mm. But she told me straight up, up front, like, since so you don't want a scheduled C section, how Kaiser works is um, the on call doctor is going to be the one to deliver the baby. And it could be me, but chances are it's not, you know, because I am an on call doctor, but only like once a week or out of the week or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's like, who's to say the provider that's going to be delivering the baby is back supportive? So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know. And um, so I, I went into. Like same thing. The my my pregnancy was fine. It's just I had a little more morning sickness this time. I mm-hmm. had swollen ankles and everything, and um, my water broke maybe a week after my due date this time, mm-hmm. and I I went in maybe an hour later after my my water broke, and mm-hmm. it's it pretty much like I stood my ground a little more. The provider wasn't VBAC friendly. It wasn't mm-hmm. my provider. Mm-hmm. And she was like, kept, you know, push pressure me. I told her, I don't want to section. My doctor said mm-hmm. I can try for a back or whatever.
1: Yeah. And Marlene, so, I wanted to ask you really quick when you, when your water did break, were you already in labor at that time or did it break before labor began?
0: No, that's what yeah. started it. Okay. And then, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, um, contractions did start a little bit after that. And both times it was like my water broken, like out of a scene out of a movie, like water everywhere. Yeah. yeah, You heard the pop and water everywhere. After that, you know, my contractions did start soon after, and Mm -hmm. I went and this time I was like seven centimeters and I just wasn't mm. progressing fast enough for them and okay. I was like man like my body's doing it why yeah. can't I just keep trying and they're like well infection and this and that and she was about to take change shifts so she, she was pressuring me mm. and I was like and then what the I I was just exhausted because I was doing contractions and stuff you know and I finally she's like well if you don't want to have a c-section like I didn't know my rights that that, that much you know I didn't mm-hmm. like I said I didn't educate myself that well she's mm-hmm. like well we're gonna have to do the internal monitoring because we can't get her the moderate monitor, monitor around like her heartbeat with the ballet one and I yeah. knew that that was like a screw in her head and I was like oh, yeah no, no. Yeah, you know? yeah and I was already fed up they kept trying to push me and I just was tired of fighting and I was right. like, whatever just do well, danger, you know? yeah well and
1: then it's 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 interesting too if she if she is you know claiming an infection i mean if there's a if there's a you know a nudge or an inclination that infection could be a thing that you you don't want anything going up there so why would you want to put this device up into your vagina to, you know yeah. it doesn't make sense but anyways
0: yeah and then they, they kept doing their cervical checks and that's just more risk you know? yeah exactly and and so this time it was Kaiser they did the spinal tap and it was a lot smoother because you know Kaiser they have specialists for everything like or whatever like he's just for that she's mm-hmm. just to take blood you know how I don't know if you know how Kaiser works but that's how it is <laughs> <laughs> So I, I just had another c-section and then finally I went home or whatever and um my, my husband talked and we're like, okay, he, he kind of did want another baby. The reason he wanted another baby was because my son, my first son is not from him. So mm-hmm. he wanted his boy. But he was like, you know, um, babies are expensive. And I finally got him to we agreed that we didn't want no more children. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yes, you know, <laughs> and so- six months later though I found out I was pregnant and I started falling like I did not want to be pregnant because this was 2020 the pandemic mm -hmm. you know and I was like I just got him to say no the future is so uncertain like I don't want another c-section I just was pissed but I didn't soak for long I was like okay I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do about it I just I know I can I'm not going to have another C-section because those were horrible. You know, I was super scared when I was numb. Like I couldn't feel anything. And it was just, I mean, I, luckily my story wasn't as horrible as others where they could still feel, you know, the surgery and all that, like the spinal work for me each time, but I just felt like I couldn't breathe. I just was like, want, pretty much having a panic attack. Cause I'm like, move your arm, Arlene. And I can't move my arm. Like, it's just scary, you know?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: So and then the recovery was pretty horrible. Mm. And so I started educating myself, reading articles, reading books, um, listening to podcasts. And finally, I had come across this lady on Instagram. She had a free birth. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Like, I wish I could do that, but <laughs> I think that wasn't in my mind. I was like, no, I, I, maybe a midwife, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I went back to the, but the midwife I researched and it was pretty expensive. And, you know, I was like, I don't really want to spend that much if I could just maybe do it in a, in a hospital. So I tried to go back to my old provider and she's like, I'm sorry, um, Kaiser just doesn't support the back after three C-sections, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, then I guess I'm, I'm going to have to go down the midwife route. So mm-hmm. there was like four in my area and three of them were licensed. One was a traditional midwife, and she wasn't licensed. The, fir- the Of course, the three that were licensed were, like, the same rules. We can't support a feedback after three C-sections.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, finally, with the fourth one, she was, she's super, like, old and, like, old school, I guess. She was, like, 70, mm-hmm. and she was, like, I'm not comfortable with it, but what I can do is be your doula for half the price. and you know I'll just ha- when you're in labor i'll I'll be there comforting you and helping you cope through the pain. And then once you're like eight or nine centimeters, I'll send you off to the hospital. Mm. And that sounded promising, and I was um, about to, but she I just didn't she was like, you need to present your case. You need to write why you should have a v-back and you need like all the things like checklist oh you need to have a backup provider and this and this that and then I was just you know super educating myself through all this and mm-hmm. then I found like your guys's podcast I found free birth society podcast and I was just like branched off from there reading all my rights and stuff mm-hmm. and I was just like I don't want this type of person in my space I guess I'm gonna have to do a free birth yeah <laughs> But once I started um, with my free birth, like, planning my free birth, I was super confident. Like, I was like, I could do this, you know, because of all the stories that I heard and everything. I was like, no doubt I could do this. Um, But let me see what I'm sorry. I just was like, I I had my, you know, fears of what if I rupture, what if my baby dies, but I would just educate myself on the things I was scared about and pray to God, like, please give me the knowledge and, you know, and point me in the right direction and everything. And then finally, um, maybe a week after my due date, around a week later, I um, my water, like I was cooking, I was cooking lunch, so it was, like, around two-ish, one, Mm two-ish. My water, it started trickling, like, water. It wasn't, like, my first two um, Mm -hmm. with the gush. It was, like, little trickles, and so I was, like, this can't be, like, maybe it's just a little tear to replenish, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but then I did have to wear, like, a diaper because I was just going about my day, and it kept trickling and stuff, and I'm, like, this is uncomfortable. Let me just put a diaper. I don't want to keep changing my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And... So like, I didn't have any contractions or anything until like, maybe I put everybody to bed and lay down in bed and like at 10 o'clock I started having in pretty intense contractions like, and, but they they didn't get stronger, they didn't get closer together, and, but they kept me up. So they were that strong to keep me up. And my husband was laying, just laying there and I put in like my headphones listening to um. Hypno birthing, but it was like a Christian style, so it's saying like you were made to do this, you know, God is with you, and just like hypno birthing, and mm-hmm. um, once the sun came up, they dissipated completely. They stopped.
1: Ah, okay.
0: And so for a week it was like about a week maybe a little over a week it was doing the same thing every night once I would well every other night or like maybe like it for two nights straight and then the next like in the morning it stopped and then the next night I got it didn't happen and I fell asleep and I got to rest and sleep you know it was like maybe every other day and then on a Wednesday this was the real thing. Like it did that. Like I, I, I was up all night and all day from the previous wording. but finally it like, it stopped. And then I got to fall asleep for like three hours. And then like around noon, mm-hmm. I mean, not noon, midnight, 12 o'clock midnight, they picked up and they were getting stronger and faster. And so I got, I couldn't even like, I put my headphones in again, trying to listen to it, but I couldn't stay in one spot. So I started mm-hmm. getting up and walking like walking around and I even set myself a bath but I couldn't even be in the bath for that long because it was just Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. I didn't plan for a water birth because I thought it was too much for my partner like having to keep the water warm and all that so Mm -hmm. I just got in the tub and um and then I was like oh I can't do this because my tub was kind of (laughs) small so I got out and I got I went in the living room and on like the tv and you know drink some water and i was just like kind of pacing back and forth and then i went in the room around five o'clock trying to lay down again because i wanted like to cuddle with my husband maybe that would help me feel better you know and he got up and he was like um i'm gonna go to home depot and i was like what do you mean like no this is a real thing like i need you here and he's like no i'm just gonna go to home depot i'll be back and i'm like Because on Sunday, the previous Sunday, he wanted to go to church. He didn't want to go to church because he thought it was the real thing. And I was like, no, go to church. I know it's not the real thing. But yeah. this time when I'm asking him to stay, his ass was like, no, I'm going to go. And I'm just like, whatever, go. Get out of here.
1: Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And
0: so, um, and then I, like, he was at, you know, Home Depot for an hour and I started getting bloody show and, and then I was like, oh, dang, like. I guess this is a real thing and then I was like but what if it's not like how much longer am I gonna have to because you know they kept stopping and going and stopping and going so my mind was just like I don't know like is this gonna keep I don't know whatever so Mm -hmm. my kids started waking up and I um I never educated myself on how to do cervical checks because I wanted to trust my body and I just wanted my body and baby to work together but I was like, man, I can't do this for much longer. I'm going to go try to check myself, see how far, far I am, you know, how, mm-hmm. how dilated I am so I went in the restroom trying to check myself but I didn't even go all the way up to my cervix I just went like a little and I was like oh my god I'm still closed I'm gonna have to do this from maybe days weeks who knows and so mm-hmm. I started freaking out because I didn't have anybody to like support me like calm yeah. me down you know like my husband I wanted him there and he left me like I don't know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so the doc, you know, so I call my husband, get out, get home, take me to the freaking the hospital. I need an epidural because I don't know how much longer this is going to take. So he comes home and he's like, are you sure you want to go to the hospital? Because you told me that when you say that you want to go to the hospital, don't take you to the hospital unless it's an emergency. And I was like, you know what? Shut the hell up. Take me to the freaking hospital right now. <laughs> and he was being a jerk. Like I would tell him like, try to comfort me then and he was mm-hmm. like well I don't know what to do because he was supportive of a free birth but he just mm-hmm. didn't want me like, yeah. to educate himself or mm-hmm. like and then he kept asking me before, what should I do? And then I was just like, I don't know. I'll tell you in the, in, when time comes, because I don't know how it's going to unfold. I don't know if I'm going to want to be massaged. I don't know if I'm going to want you the hell away from me. Mm-hmm. So I told him, like, I'll tell you. He's like, that's why I was asking you. What should I do with, before this came? And like, I was like, you know what? Just take me to the damn hospital. And then so we so I went to the hospital but since I was so educated like I stood my ground and I like I didn't let them push me into anything like I like when I first got there um I didn't even sign papers because I was already in transition on the way there Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um I told them check me I want to see how far along how how many centimeters so they checked me and I was already nine and a half centimeters and Mm -hmm. they try to like you know they, they kept trying to tell me oh the doctor kept trying to tell me you need a c-section and I'm like no I don't need a c-section like I'm already there like pretty yeah much there, you know? and they kept trying to do the things like their routine things put an IV in me I'm like I don't want an IV because my mentality changed once I knew I was nine and a half centimeters I'm like that's why I'm like this because I'm in transition the baby's gonna come soon like when you think you can't no more like the baby's gonna be there you know so I um my mentality changed I didn't want to epidural anymore and they kept trying to do the IV the doctor was just so like persistent and she just kept getting so much more intense like I was only there for 35 minutes I had the baby on my chest already and in those 35 minutes she came to me four times and Mm -hmm. kept getting more like more um what's the word just more intense each time like the first time mm-hmm. she's like oh you, I'm gonna prep you for a c-section and I'm like no you're not yeah. the second time oh you know we need to prep you for a c-section there's a chance that your baby could die and I'm like no it's wow okay,
1: and, like, yeah. and then the third, wow. the third
0: time she's like I need to prep you for a c-section. There's a chance that you and your baby will die. I'm like, okay. And she's like, are you okay with that? And I'm like, I'm not okay with that, but that's not going to happen. Like I'm already pushing at this stage, you know? Yeah. And then And then she's like, finally, like she kept leaving, but coming back every few minutes, you know? And then she was like, the the last time got super intense. She was like, you know, you need a C-section. You and your baby will die if you don't have a C-section. And that time I was just, I just ignored her. I was just like breathing through my contractions, just like in my own head and I ignored her so she's seen that so she went to my husband and tried to tell him your wife needs a c-section and he's like you know what no just leave us alone get out we don't want you here yeah and so she finally left and didn't come back and when I was in you know I kept like I was in transition and I was just like how can I get this going faster like because I was in so much pain and I was just like oh, can you break my waters? Can you break my waters? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, when we checked you, you didn't have any waters. We just felt the baby's hair. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, and then. And I was thinking like, what else can I do? So I got off the bed because I was in like a squat, like on the bed, but you know how when the hospital bed, the back could raise Yes. all the way up. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So I yes. was
0: like holding on to the hospital bed like this, like, you know, in a squat position though. And mm-hmm. I kept going back and forth to the bed to my husband, holding him around his neck like that and then um, I was like, what can I do to make this go faster Then and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna go sit on the toilet, because I've heard that that helps, like, make mm-hmm, things progress mm-hmm, faster, you know, mm-hmm. so I went to go sit on the toilet, and then I came back, and I already had felt like, oh, my, like, okay, I, I need to start pushing now, but I don't want to have this baby on the toilet, so I went, and I got back on the bed in the same position, and I told my husband, I was like, hey, give me some water, and then the nurses and everybody was like, you can't have water, and I'm like, I just like pretty much both like ignored them I was like babe give me my water and then they gave me water and he gave me water luckily he brought water from home for us because they were not trying to give me water like how are they going to deny you from your basic human rights like eating, right. drinking. yeah when it's, you it's, it's, need ridi- in it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> it's so ridiculous
0: you're right like, <laughs> like you're running a marathon. Like you need, to yeah. Keep
1: you need to keep hydrated and nourished. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah, I
0: know. And then so they were like, they say, "Oh, we see the head." So they're like, "Okay, let's start pushing." And they were like trying to coach push me, like coach yeah. me. And yeah, I was yeah. not listening to them. I was just like, like okay, I, with my next contraction in my head, I'm like. I, like i feel like pushing so i'm going to push and so mm-hmm. i like i started pushing and then I felt the ring of fire. And I was like, it's the ring of fire. <laughs> and then I was like, like oh, no, push, 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 push. And then I didn't push because I didn't want to tear, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you're not going to push? Okay, then, like, they, it was so funny. Like, they were trying to coach me, but I wasn't listening to them. So, but they kept, like, trying to tell me to push, when to push, but I was just like, whatever. Like, not mm-hmm. listening to them, you know? And I pushed when I felt, like, my body was telling me to and finally like right after the ring of fire the baby like I stopped pushing and then he he went back up and then he went back down and I had a contraction I pushed and his head was out and then the next contraction I pushed and his whole body was out and I did the like the 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 delayed cord clamping but they kept trying to cut the cord and I was like no like leave my baby attached and they're like because I was bleeding I was bleeding a lot but I wasn't hemorrhaged because I felt fine like I knew what was going on I didn't feel like dizzy or anything so Mm -hmm. just because it was an uncomfortable amount of blood for them they were like you're hemorrhaging we need to get this placenta out and I was just like you know leave me alone like no and then they kept like try kind to of push on my stomach to get the placenta and I was like stop touching me like leave me alone and it took maybe like 45 minutes for the placenta to come out and then um yeah that was like it was a good experience the only thing that I didn't like was that they kept like pushing the, trying to make the placenta come out and then yeah
1: it's intense it's yeah, yeah. it seems counterintuitive it's yeah yeah it's crazy anyways (laughs) I don't know um but yeah uh how was post how was immediate postpartum
0: so everything was pretty fine um since it was COVID like they you know got try to get me out early and stuff but Mm -hmm. my like they didn't say anything like the whole day and then I was going to go home the next day and then we already had all the discharge paperwork ready and stuff and my son his like they noticed his eyes were super swollen and I had mentioned it to them before like his eyes are swollen why are they swollen and they're like oh that's normal you know Mm because he just came out or whatever and then they made a big deal about it at the end and was like oh you need to give him antibiotics because he has an eye infection and that's why his his eyes are swollen and I'm like no because I knew that I could like put breast milk in his mm-hmm. in his eye or that colloidal silver or whatever like there's so colloidal silver things. yeah 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 there's so many natural things that you can do but they told me if you don't if you want to get discharged without us calling CPS on you then you need to give him antibiotics
1: what the hell man yeah oh my I was god
0: so in everything so they were already like like everybody was pretty nice to me except for the pediatrician she
1: yeah. was because
0: I was declining all shots I declined um the eye ointment and like yeah. the vitamin k and they were trying to push all that stuff on me and then I was just like you know what just give him his his shot because I didn't want to deal with CPS so because yeah. he, he did have pretty swollen eyes and they they had told me if you don't you know he could go blind so I was like I don't want to risk him going blind just just give him that about it because I don't want to hear you know deal with CPS mm-hmm. and at least they did let me go after that and so I was only there for like literally maybe 24 hours if that and mm-hmm. then I went home and it was fine. You know, I did, I recovered a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I don't like giving birth either way,
1: but
0: <laughs> much better than the other experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it seems like if I could just reflect on what you said, it seems like each birth was such a teacher. And then this final birth that you had, you know, it it, it led you to a place of being able to really just like own, own, own your experience, so to say, you know, you know, like to just really stand up for yourself and be like, no, I'm not taking that. Like, no, why do I need that? You know, this is unnecessary for me and my baby. And it's, you know, it's, it's really nice to see uh, as, but through all the stories that I hear and, you know, now your story, you know, just the progression of all that and where, you know, you know, obviously, again, these are uh, other births are teachers and every baby and every birth, you know, has a lot of wisdom and medicine in, in, in it, whether, you know, we acknowledge it as good, bad, neutral, you know, whatever, whatever our experience is, there's medicine in it. And it also, you know, leads us to where we are, you know, in subsequent pregnancies. And it's really beautiful. And I'm really happy for you, Marlene, and that you got your V back. I'm very, very happy for you about that. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I really, I kind of regret, not regret, but I'm kind of disappointed because I could just did it at home, but I guess that was the lack of support, you know, I just needed yeah. there or somebody there to just tell me I was doing good and I was almost there, you know, and yeah. I probably could have done it at home, but I guess it was just the lack of support.
1: Well, and then, you know, on that same vein, that also because you said that you want to do um, before we started um, recording, you said that you want to eventually do this work or maybe it was at the beginning of the recording that you eventually want to do this work and become a traditional midwife. So all so the experience that you just had combined with all the other experiences, I I very strongly believe that is going to carry into your work and that is going to make your work more powerful. And that is going to make your ability, you know, to be able to sit with women in that way, in other experiences, to be able to hold space for them. And, you know, maybe not necessarily stop that from happening because we can never stop something that is eventually going to happen, but at the same time, just, you know, kind of be that person to, you know, just give that support and it's going to infuse that into your practice. And it I'll, and it'd be real. And I'm really looking forward to see how that, you know, blooms and blossoms for you. And yeah, thank you so much. So, so, so much for coming on here, Marlene. I'm so appreciative and thank you too, for you know, allowing me to record you and hold space for you today to share your story. I genuinely appreciate that, like truly. Um, And is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today?
0: Yeah, but just first of all, thank you for letting me tell my story. I want to be an inspiration to other women because so many doctors and not even doctors, just people say that you can't do it after multiple C-sections and you can, you know.
1: Absolutely.
0: To proved. and I'm not the only one. There's many women out there who just were tired of the system and, you know, just took back their power and, and did it and proved them wrong. Mm-hmm. So I mean, my end message would just be like you know a v back after a vaginal birth after multiple C-sections is possible. Yes, you just I wrote it down because I just didn't want to um, mm-hmm. you know miss it. So a vaginal birth after multiple C-sections is possible. You just truly have to want it and if you truly want it, you will do whatever it takes to make it happen.
1: Mm, yes absolutely absolutely and may that message rain rain high and true and may all hear it and all be back moms you know hear that message and just really like take it in thank you so much i really appreciate you so much marlene thank you
0: thank you and indi birth for you know this platform because it inspires so many women so thank you yes. for that
1: yeah thank you Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.